after drama for book number 66, Who's to Blame? Hi, everyone. It's me, your host, Marissa Flaxbart. This is Sweet Valley Diaries, and I am joined by Rebecca Russell and Summer Austin. How lucky can a gal be to be surrounded by such amazing <laughs> other ladies? Thank you for having us, Marissa. Summer, I'm excited you're here. This is such a cool thing to have all so three of us fun. in the same room. I love it. I love it. And talking about such an important subject, Sweet mm. Valley High. Sweet Valley High. Very yes. important. Uh, we talked a lot in our main discussion about or a little. I mean, there was so much to say. We talked a little about how Elizabeth runs away because she feels like her family is better off without her. It ends up being a smaller part of the book than I was expecting. I don't know about you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, does anybody have any like actual runaway stories from their youth? This is a thing that happens. I do. Before I tell it, though, I want to tell a quick story. Go this ahead. whole I think everyone would be better without me around thing is a lot of people's reasons for suicide, too. Oh, Jesus. That's Which I don't mean to make it things like so intense, but like that's totally a suicide thing, too. Mm-hmm. I just realized that. Mm, that like she's running away yeah. from home, but the whole like... Yeah, I'm glad the book didn't go I'm there. I'm so glad it didn't go there. Anyway. But I mean, mm, we were yes. talking about how she was depressed and like, yeah. you know, that's one of... Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't have to say much about it, but one of the things that's so hard about, um, I think... Reading about people who are in that place is just like no matter what anybody tells you, it's like there's no way you like you're not in a place where you logically can understand. Depression that that thought creates process a very true. different narrative in your mind um, and reality just, for sure. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know if anybody's anyway. listening that feels like shit out there. Like, uh, let us be three more voices telling you like that's bullshit. Like, stick around, please. It's it's your negative self talk and it's not necessary. And try to say no to it. It's hard. Mm-hmm. It's the hardest mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Anyway, didn't mean to make things get real serious, but I did. Eh, it's so never, it's never bad to, to like put yeah. a little bit of <laughs> Listen, that out these there. These Sweet Valley High books are really they're they're getting into the deep topics, man. Yeah, they do hit the deep topics accidentally. But, but yes, yeah, so running away. So I was a kid who um, felt all the feels all the time. Everyone said I was over dramatic, and I now like really connect with kids who are being called out as over dramatic mm. in their classes. I'm like, they're not over dramatic. This is very regular for them. It's not over drama. It's real drama. They feel exactly how they're saying that they feel because I did. Right. So I several times in my very safe suburban neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky, several times told my parents and and by the end of fights, that's it. I'm out of here. Mm. I'm not living here anymore. And I'm talking about when I was like 14, 15 years old, when I should not be living on my own and clearly had no capability to. But you have all those hormones going through you and you're feeling all these things and all you can think is the situation I'm in is the worst ever and it will never get better. And I clearly have it worse than anyone else in the whole world. (laughs) So I need to go somewhere else to make things Mm -hmm. better. So I several times grabbed a backpack of underwear, socks, because you always want to have clean underwear. That's really important. (laughs) So practical. So practical. Underwear, socks, my favorite two stuffed animals. Because yes, when I was 15, I still had stuffed animals. My blankie and books to read. <laughs> yeah, and I what, ran did out you the pack door. The Sweet Valley High. I books? did not. I did not bring books. There's libraries I could always mm. go to. I knew. 
I was always thinking ahead. Um, and I'd jump on my bike and I'd ride through the neighborhood to whatever friend's house that was in the neighborhood that I could come get closest to. And I'd be crying the whole way, just tears. Very dangerous way to drive. Do not drive while crying. I wasn't driving. I was riding a bike, but same thing. Don't Probably ride worse. a bike while crying. What do you yeah. say? You're a cyclist. No <laughs> helmet. No helmet because it was the 90s and I was like 15 years old oh. and that wasn't, No. you know, you don't wear a helmet. Oh my gosh. No. Of course not. Not like now where it's very clear if you don't wear a helmet, you're a moron. Mm-hmm. You're I, a moron if I you can, don't wear a helmet. Wear a helmet. <laughs> I can come back to this in my own version of whatever story I have to tell, but I'll, The one helmet. I remember the most is when I had a boyfriend in high school though. And decided I didn't want to live with my parents anymore. So I was going to live with my boyfriend and his parents in their house. I decided it. He lived approximately eight blocks away. (laughs) So I jumped on my bike this time because I still didn't have a car. And I rode over to and I was crying, sobbing like his mom couldn't understand the words I was saying. And I was telling her I was living with them now. And I couldn't tell at that time that she was trying really hard to calm me down so I could understand that I could not live with them (laughs) but I was absolutely sure that this was my new home and I was living with my boyfriend and his family eventually I calmed down and everything was fine as it always is when you finally are able to breathe it out and the hormones are not talking anymore and it's not your chemicals in your brain telling you how everything's awful and right everything's fine and then I went home and there's apologies all around and you know everything was fine but I do remember being very sure I was now living at this new house and like I was ready to give out the address to everybody of like this is how you can get in contact with me and there weren't cell phones I was like this is my new phone number like I knew so your parents didn't want to kill you for that I would be so I would I think the reason why so worried because in the 90s like we would jump on our bikes all the time and go running around the neighborhood or we'd mm-hmm. play hide and go seek out in the streets until sundown when it was dinner time so like they wouldn't even know the difference they wouldn't have noticed the difference except that I shouted before I left I'm never coming back <laughs> And I clearly had a backpack. But but they also knew that, like, at this point I was in high school. And so, like, I'd done this as a as a teenager already several times. Cried wolf a lot. I did. <laughs> but to me, it wasn't wolf. That's what I have to say. At the time, yeah. I truly yeah, believed. Every single time, I truly believed I was running away forever. It's that teen drama right and there. And then it mm-hmm. came back, like, well, clearly I'm not running away forever. I don't know what the F I'm right. doing. That certainly you know? mirrors. Every kid fantasizes about that. Yeah. That certainly mirrors Elizabeth's story here. You know, yeah. She, she was... It, it didn't make any sense, but she, I mean, no. logically, but she was sure, like, this is what's happening now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How about you, Summer? Well, I mean, I think the thing that kept me oh, from running away is I know my parents would probably kill me. So I never, and I probably didn't have any friends to go <laughs> to their house. I don't, uh, yeah, I didn't, that was not ever an option where I was like, oh, I'm going to go, like, stay at my boyfriend's house or anything like that. Um, but I certainly fantasized about it all the time. But I probably had swim practice to go to, and I know everything would just be terrible if I didn't. See, I'm an Elizabeth. But I did. <laughs> I do have, like, a, a, a weird running away adjacent story that when I auditioned for my, – my dream was to be in my – in my high school's mime troupe, the Baker's wow. Dozen. Isn't that every may have person's heard me dream? Talk about before <laughs> the Baker's and Dozen. I had my mime, the mime troupe. I was in the junior high mime troupe, but I wanted more than anything to be in the high school mime troupe. They were like rock stars to me, and um, oh audition for 
when I was the sophomore, didn't make it. So I, then I auditioned when I was a junior, which was my last chance. And all my theater friends, drama friends, were in the Baker's as a mime troupe. And I was like, this is my year. So it was all like all the shows, the spring night oh mime and the fall night oh mime were always like very earnest, like sketches about, you know, things like divorce and Wait, like, so it wasn't just miming? Well, most of them were, were silent. And then they had a few, like a, a few second city blackout type sketches in between. But that's sort of, they were mostly like. Gotcha. You know, not spoken, so but you like, really wanted to but be like, mime. you know, yeah, like <laughs> gateway drugs and like drinking and driving and, you know, all these things. And I really wanted to be a mime. So my my audition piece and I played all of the parts was that it was like an epic. And I was like a kid and my parents like it was I was like a latchkey kid. My parents didn't get along. And so then one night I was like, I'm, I'm running away. I'm, I'm never coming back. So I did like a whole like, you know, a backpack or like a, you know, like a hobo style. Like, you did know, you pack underwear? Packed it. Yeah, packed it up. I just practiced for weeks for this thing. And I, <laughs> I did it in front of my sister. And then as this character, I ran away from home. I ended up on the streets. I didn't have any money. And somehow I managed to turn my life around and become a productive member of society. And this was all choreographed to Tom Petty's Learning to Fly. Wow. And done. Very 90s. In, mi- in mime, in silence. Done in mime. It just done it. Yeah. Doing the epic. whole epic thing, the whole epic tale. And afterwards, everyone was like, that was incredible. But I didn't make it on the trip. <gasps> no yeah. way. That was devastating. Maybe you wanted to run away from school. Oh, probably. I wanted oh to run away from school. Do they still not over it. Do you know Injustice. why? Ever yeah, there was only why? like one spot left for a junior on the troupe and it went to Gabby, the German foreign exchange student because she would never get another chance or whatever. Neither would I, by the way, but I think her audition oh. was probably better and I think hers was a comedy. I mean, Germans are known for that. Germans are known for their <laughs> hilarity. And their, their hilarious minds. Their hilarious minds. <laughs> well, that is... Tr- I feel so angry that... On your behalf, not yes. get accepted. That was obviously moving. <sighs> I mean, I can picture it now. Yes. I have a couple of chips on my shoulder about various musicals mm-hmm. I didn't get cast in in high school, too. It's like, come on. But um, the only... Like, what... This question made me think of, like, I don't have a running away story, but it's interesting to hear your stories. And it made me think about how, for me, it was like my house would have been the runaway to house. And I think, I mean, I I definitely have memories as, like, a elementary or middle schooler of, like, having sleepovers at somebody else's house where it was just like oh this house doesn't have the sort of like safe feeling uh-huh. uh, like nice pleasant vibe of mm-hmm. my own home yeah. um and i definitely like i don't know a healthy home life or whatever obviously you know i had my own family tragedy when my mom passed away in high school but even then it was still like i had good friends who like they who spent the night at my house i have one particular good friend who spent the night at my house all the time and i know that like she had a strong relationship with my mom and my mom loved having her around i never thought of it as being like a running away thing i don't think it wasn't explicitly but i do think there was an element of like probably i i would rather be here in this house not even like i would rather be with you my friend marissa but like i would rather 
stay in this house than go back to my own mm. house right now. And I didn't, I wasn't thinking of it that way then, but I can see it that way now. I mean, we definitely had people at my house that were friends of mine that were having trouble at home that stayed at our house for a couple of days for that same reason. Mm. So I think it's about, to me, it's about parents creating that space. Yeah. That really safe, comfortable, you can talk about anything kind of space. And I think it sounds like your parents did the same thing, really making it a welcoming a welcoming space, a safe place. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think it helped that I always had, I mean, I'm an only child. My parents were always very, there was like a, st- a sort of trust between me and my parents that I was always very reluctant to break. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, <laughs> going back to the helmet thing, I definitely would have been re- wearing a helmet riding my bike because my mom was so adamant mm-hmm. about how important it was that I was, basically, it was like I was sure that the time I didn't wear my helmet was when I was going to get into an accident. And I wasn't even worried about like, and then I'll be dead or then I'll have brain damage. It was like, and then my mom's going to be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Wow. I feel like we all sort of had similarly, like we're good kids upbringings Mm -hmm. of like, like even running away, I'd just ride my bike crying somewhere and then come back home. You know what I mean? Like, it was never like the runaway stories you hear about kids who do end up on the streets or who become drug addicts or get mm-hmm. sold into the slave trade. Like any of that stuff. Like it was never anything like that. Just so. a regular trio of Elizabeths here we yeah. are. <laughs> For better or worse. Yeah. We all have different relationships with that fact, I think. Um, it has been such a delight having you all here to talk about this. Uh, we got to figure out what we're doing for book 67. I don't know. Do you guys want to do another one? Do you want to read I am one in. more? I want to know how this saga we gotta wrap unfolds up. and wraps up. Okay, yeah. well, well, we'll litigate that later. But for now, gladiators, thank you so much for listening to Sweet Valley Diaries. Uh, remember to do the things, all the things that I always tell you to do. Tell your friends. Uh, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Sweet Valley diaries or on twitter at sweet valley send me an email at sweet valley diaries at me.com bye